0: This is Chris, and this is Andrew, and welcome back to Video Games Cover to Cover with our last of the one-shots of this batch, or is it? Because w- With a slight
1: caveat, right. because Andrew and I have had so much fun with Disco Elysium that we actually decided to turn it into a full playthrough.
0: Yeah, so if there's one thing I have loved about this podcast so far, more than anything else, I mean, I've enjoyed a lot of it. I've enjoyed you know, uh, you get just having an excuse to, to play random games that I might want to, talking about them, you know, hanging out with my good buddy, et cetera. But <laughs> if there's been one thing more than anything else that's really done it for me, it has been discovering new games that I may not have gotten around to just yet. And so far, my two favorite games of last year were both p- games that I played for this podcast, and I'm extremely excited about that, because I don't know if I would have got I probably would have gotten around to Disco Elysium, but I don't know if I would have gotten around to Outer Wilds, and I loved Outer what are Wilds. You, what
1: are, whoa, 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 whoa. What about Witcher 3? Yeah, but Witcher all, that, all of that wonderful Yennefer content, you're going to tell me that that wasn't your favorite game? Witcher 3 came out several
0: years ago. Well, I mean, okay, but come on now.
1: I'm just Disco- saying.
0: <laughs> Outer Wilds and Disco Elysium both came out in 2019.
1: From my perspective, I didn't play Witcher until 2019, so it, it might as well have been a new release from, from for me.
0: But regardless, like Chris said, yes, we have been having an absolute blast with Disco Elysium. This game is fantastic. So... Like you said, we're not doing it as a one-shot, even though that was the original plan. We had so much fun. We decided we don't really want to stop now, and there's a lot to talk about, so this is a really good one for a full series.
1: Yeah, and I already know that Andrew is ahead of me, and Disco Elysium's kind of- the the time structure is a little- both of us can kind of do- y- you can really kind of go and do whatever you want whenever you want, to a degree- yeah. I mean, there's certain things that don't open up until later days, but for the most part, a lot of the stuff that you can do on days one and two are always available to you on one and two. So, whereas from me, my perspective, I mostly focused on the story for
0: day one, whereas I think Andrew kind of focused on... um I just kind of solved things as they came to me. You know, I was I was really running with the character that I had who clearly was um, going through some stuff and kind of scatterbrained, and I just kind of ran with that. So, to describe
1: Disco Elysium, from my perspective, I'm going to try to put this as, as delicately as possible. You are playing a cop. It's kind of like one of those click adventure games with with RPG elements and uh, dice rolling for different skill checks and stuff. But you're playing as a cop who A detective is, specifically. Is just waking up from a drug slash alcohol induced
0: binge so to speak? Yeah, it sounds like you've been out for at least a couple of days, and uh, you don't remember anything. And I don't just mean, like, you forgot the binge. I mean, literally, you don't remember anything. Like, the circuits in your brain are completely fried.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's... It, it It's like a lot of the drug propaganda from a long time ago, where this is your brain, this is your brain on drugs, yeah. and it's like just a
0: scrambled egg, like... It's no extremely, joke, that's
1: what's going on.
0: It's extremely, like, Hollywood amnesia, like the, like, memento, except you can form memories after the fact, but, like, you don't remember anything at all, and, like, you have to completely reconstruct everything.
1: And so, it's, it has been, it has been such a blast for, I know that sounds kind of weird. <laughs> you, you play a, a drugged up, coked out cop that is- you you just kind of wake up and suddenly they're, you're there, and the first well, the first thing I did is getting an argument with the manager about everything that's gone down, and <laughs> then it, it's just the the options and the things that you can choose from as far as how you're handling this whole situation is interesting.
0: Uh, I'm I'm going to just go ahead and say. The writing in Disco Elysium is some of the best I've ever seen in any video game. I mean, I know we talked about The Witcher having really good writing, but at least in these first couple days, if this holds through, through the rest of the game, Disco Elysium is definitely better writing than The Witcher. (laughs) Whoa, that's like... That is not a knock on The Witcher, that's just how good Disco Elysium's writing really is, because this is the sort of game that if the writing wasn't fantastic, none of this would work.
1: It's kind of like the writing equivalent to the exploration aspects of Outer Wilds. It's like they it is this is might as well just be one giant story where you just get to pick and choose whether you want to be a gigantic douchebag or whether you kind of want to figure out some way to to come back from this.
0: Yeah, it I mean In a lot of ways, yes, it has a very, like you were saying earlier, almost like a choose-your-own-adventure visual novel sort of feel to it, but there's just enough RPG going on to really take it to the next level because there's skill checks and, you know, experience points for doing various tasks, and so, like, there's enough going on in there to elevate it beyond just being a visual novel, and not to say that visual novels are bad, but to bring it up to... There being more to it than just making a bunch of choices, even though those dialogue choices wind up being extremely important mechanically too, which is one of the things that makes disco Elysium so interesting,
1: yeah, because when you when you make a choice, a lot of times the the choice is based off of something that well let, let let's let's not really get into that until we come up across one of these points, so you wake up. And the first thing you notice is your room is completely trashed. It might as well be a garbage bin. Yeah, like a, like a bomb went off in this room, basically. Uh, you wake up and all your clothes are off, with the exception of your underwear.
0: Yeah, and, and not only do you wake up, like, you wake up, um, like, keeled over on the floor. You didn't even, you're not over the bed or the toilet or anything. Like, you literally just fell onto the floor and passed out.
1: And by wake up, I mean, you come out of this drug stupor where you basically choose whether you're just going to accept death or not. And I think you were actually telling me earlier that it is possible
0: to just immediately die. Uh, You can immediately die. I don't know if it's from that because I, I thought I asked the question or basically did the okay, I don't want to wake up options just to see what would happen when I was starting, and it basically forces you into waking up at the beginning. But yes, it is possible to die in that first room without leaving. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Is it the necktie? Yep, because if you build a low physical character and get a bad roll on the necktie, he chokes trying to get it on and like hangs himself from the, the ceiling fan. You didn't stop the ceiling fan before you... Oh, no. No, no, I totally did. I just know that you can die there if you don't do that. Wow. <laughs> and, and you have a bad physical stat, because even with that, you can still pass, because it, it's just a modifier that adds to it, because like when you look at, a, at the rolls in the game, it will give you a big list of, here's all the pluses and minuses that are affecting this roll, and like not stopping it gives it like a minus three or something, which is a lot when you're level one. Mhm. So what did you choose
1: as far as your stats are concerned?
0: You know, I I knew did this game Did you pick one of the choices or did you go custom? I did custom. I knew this game was very different. Like I I knew going in for example that it was basically combat doesn't exist in this game other than like the occasional, you know, skill check to punch somebody or whatever, but not actual like combat mechanics like you would traditionally expect from an RPG. But I didn't know exactly what I wanted, so I actually just kind of wound up making him average, and he just has a three in everything out of five.
1: Interesting. So I did something a little different. I went intellect four, psyche four, physique two, and uh, motor two. Which, yeah, motor's like your dexterity equivalent. And the reason I did that is because as a detective since I kind of already knew what the game was about, I wanted to put a emphasis on intelligence and reasoning, well, intelligence and psyche to kind of give myself the edge as far as trying to lift myself out of this, but at the same time, not making myself completely useless physically because, and, and the reason for that is because... Each one of the things that you can choose from the beginning, I think what it essentially does is it gives you a five in something and a one in something else. And the other two are are around average-ish, if I remember right. Yeah. And I really didn't like that because I don't, even when I'm playing d d or another tabletop type game, I never like to be completely useless in one attribute. I always try to make it so that way I'm somewhat decent, assuming I can if my rolls actually go that way. Although a lot of the systems, you you, you can choose your stats instead of uh, instead of rolling for them. Uh, so a lot of times you can choose okay, this is the way that, that I'm going to do it because a lot of times you don't end up with like an 18 or something in two different things, but that's usually not what I'm going for. I'm usually going for kind of a mid range. You know, if I'm a wizard or something, I'm not going to go. I'm not going. I don't ever want to be completely useless in like constitution or strength. Yeah, uh, because I, I I think that that just negatively impacts the other your 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 character as a whole. And so when when I was thinking of of this character, I was thinking, okay. Three to me seemed a little, three and everything just seemed a little too
0: average in a sense. I, yeah, I, I, and that's fair. And that's I'm glad it gives you the options. I actually kind of like that I did that, though, because it kind of makes him feel like the blank slate that he already is in terms of the, the story. He's just a lump, essentially, with no distinguishing characteristics. And I feel like that works really well for his situation in the beginning of the game.
1: Yeah, I I understand your reasoning behind it. Is for me personally, I just when I think of a character like this and I think of what I'm going to have to do, especially being a detective, for me physicality was second to intelligence and
0: yeah, and and psyche. What so, skill did you pick? Cuz you get to pick a uh, specialization skill that you're extra good at as well. I think it was visual conceptual visual visual visual, like spatial reasoning or whatever yeah yeah the one that you can like use to recreate crime scenes which is super cool actually
1: yes which is exactly why i did that because i wanted to be able i didn't know if this was going to be our only crime scene or what but i wanted to be able to i mean i want to be the most effective detective as i can be and later when you find out what sort of detective you actually are I was like, "Oh, I, so I guess I kind of made the right choice." I it, it kind of seemed like the choices that I had made so far were kind of already in line with what he was before all of this happened. Yeah, uh, because
0: apparently you're like a super cop
1: before all this went yeah, down. Yeah,
0: the it, it would have been really easy for the game to like basically portray you as a washed up failure or whatever. I mean, on some level, obviously you are because you let yourself get into the situation. But, you know, typically that sort of thing is like the guy who has no redeeming qualities and, you know, he he's always screwing up and, you know, if he can just solve the, like this case he's obsessed with or whatever, that'll be the thing that does it. And maybe get him back on track or whatever. But no, the game, every clue you get, the game goes out of its way to point out that this guy's actually a really good detective.
1: Yeah. And so... Getting into the, the start of the game, you, you, you kinda wake up in your room and like Andrew was saying, and like we were saying before, you kinda start putting on your clothes and you can apparently die to the to the necktie, who the necktie continues to talk to you
0: for the rest of the game. Everything talks to you in this game. Like even when you're well, waking yes. up, the you have conversations with your like limbic system and your lizard brain. Every part of your brain is basically a personality, and the more points you put in it, the more often it speaks up. Yeah. And
1: so, because so much of this game is intellectual, my intellectual stuff is constantly popping up and constantly helping me with being a better detective. I am constantly getting success rolls all the time whenever conversation bubbles pop up. And it's like, you think that person is actually telling you the truth. You're you're pretty sure about it. Or this person said something which is a little off. And you then you you kind of bring that up. And Kim's like, yeah, you know, I kind of thought that was interesting, too. We, we kind of need to go into that. And because I have a four in those in 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 intelligence and psyche, a lot of that talking to people and everything is constantly popping up for me. I'm interested to see how often those things are
0: successful for you. Well, I mean, I, I, I suspect I'm seeing other things pop up a little more often than you do. Like um, shivers, for example, pops up a lot for me.
1: I don't have any shivers at all.
0: Yeah, shivers is um like your like the hair on the back of your neck, like the I have a bad feeling about this. And I get that one a lot. And that's under, I think, physical. Mm hmm. Because uh, actually, I, I have a couple thoughts that boost shivers, but we'll get into thoughts in a little bit. <laughs> I, I just
1: I'm wondering if there's different things that I'm noticing that you aren't because of the things that I chose.
0: I would say, given the way this game works, almost certainly. Well, I, and that's
1: that's why, for me personally, I want to kind of do a deep dive into into really, it. And that's kind of why I wanted to keep playing this game because I'm very interested to see how th- how things differ from from our perspective. So,
0: yeah. And one thing I've heard and I can't I don't know if this is true or not, but I have heard it is actually possible for stats to get high enough that it actually becomes kind of a problem because like basically because they won't shut up and keep getting and actually kind of get in your way. Like mm-hmm. if you boost your like logic then it'll start butting in on literally everything and to the point where like it almost feels like it's getting it's getting in the way of you trying to have a conversation and stuff which i'm very curious if that pans out because i'm pretty sure we're still pretty early into the game but i would be really fascinated if that's why this winds up going
1: that's interesting because i do have logic and rhetoric pop up constantly for me
0: yeah and i think i think rhetoric is the one i specialized in so i do get a, i do get a fair bit of rhetoric
1: I don't get, I get a ton of logic and a ton of rhetoric all the time. I mean, in every single conversation, they butt in in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. A lot of times it's doing successful checks to do, det- and most of the time those things are, hey, you probably want to choose this option instead because this option will help you more than this other one.
0: Yeah. Uh, but what gets really interesting is when you're different. Um, like, have you ever had something come up where you pass multiple checks and then they like disagree with each other?
1: Yes. I've had that recently in day. So I'm actually, I'm actually in day two, uh, now and I've played a little bit past, although I don't think we're going to get there here, but I have had them argue with one another several times at this point.
0: Yeah. It's just, it's so interesting how these things interplay with each other, especially because you level up at a pretty good clip in this game, and it doesn't look like it ever takes more experience to level up. It's pretty much always a flat hundred. And, you know, you get a point in one thing or whatever, and it doesn't feel like a lot, but it adds up pretty quickly. And like, I'm already noticeably better at a lot of things than I was, and I can only imagine how noisy this is going to get. So you
1: go downstairs <laughs> <laughs>
0: Actually, did you talk
1: to the lady that was did, on the balcony? Yes. The only thing I really said to
0: her was, "Oh, I'm a police officer. Cool." And then I went downstairs. I tried to I tried to get a cigarette off of her, and she wouldn't give me that because I've had a quest in my quest log to find a cigarette, like literally the entire game. Really? Yeah, my electrochemistry, which is one of the skills in body, popped up almost immediately and said, "Hey, you know what sounds really good." Smoking, you should do that. Yeah, because that sounds like a brilliant plan, Andrew. The electrochemistry skill pops up constantly, and it's all, well, not constantly, but a fair bit. And it almost always is trying to encourage you to do drugs or go get drunk or something. Like, it's clearly your body's electrochemical reactions going, hey, we're in withdrawal, you should fix that.
1: Yeah, like, I've had cigarettes for a long time, and I'm not going to use them.
0: Have, I assume you've gotten them at this point? Actually, no, because I haven't really tried to solve that one very much, because I'm just kind of like, maybe let's not do that. (laughs) I just got them from, I can't, I can't remember
1: where I got them, but I got them in day one, I'm pretty sure. I might have gotten them from the pawn
0: shop. My day one was a little bit uh, different from yours, as we'll talk about, because we had some conversations about how day one <laughs> went. And Yeah, your day one, you didn't even bother to pick up your shoe the entire day. I had one shoe. I didn't have the other.
1: I just want to point out that, so for the rest of this day one conversation, and I know I made more progress than Andrew did, but I want everyone to sit there and just realize, A, Andrew did not know... He he did not pick up his shoe for the entire day.
0: Yeah, because your partner specifically calls you out on it if you don't. He's like, I, I have to ask. We've been running around all day. How did you do that without shoes on?
1: Well, he 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 brought up for me. Hey, you've been running around all day. That's actually, you know, kind of cool. From a, you're you're kind of an older guy. It's it's kind of nice to see you you running around. Because the first thing he did was he asked me hey uh why are you running around so much and i was like i don't know it's my process i'm just running yeah
0: that was what i said like my brain runs works so fast i feel like i have to run to keep up and uh all day you were just doing that shoeless and 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 b apparently you also never bothered to look in the mirror right away because you didn't even have your picture yeah which is an interesting thing So your character portrait, like with a lot of RPGs, you have like a little character portrait down at the bottom, and you have uh, your partner's portrait too, that we'll get to in a second. But since he doesn't remember anything, that includes what he looks like. So by virtue of not looking in the mirror, I ran around for the first two days. Two days? Not where where my character portrait is just like a creepy blob thing, because he had no idea what he looked like. Okay. Because, yes, it was evening in day two when I actually had to use the bathroom for a quest objective and that was the first time I was like, oh, hey, let me look at the mirror. You you you, you didn't even take a
1: shower on day one? Apparently not. Okay, everybody. Uh, so, so, we've gone from bad witcher to bad doctor to bad detective. There's really a you,
0: you walk around without a shoe all day. You don't even bother to look in the mirror or wash up. Hey, now, I, I, I was can't. hobo cop, and I was living the hobo cop experience. Yeah, that's not supposed to be a compliment, man. No, but I was in character. I said I was hobo cop, and I am hobo cop. You can be hobo cop, but you have a room that you can sleep
1: in. Did Wait, did you get a room on the first day? Yes. You had a room you could sleep in, and you didn't bother to go into the room's bathroom. So so when you typically go into a room and you click the tab key, do you just ignore
0: all of the green things that pop up? I actually didn't know that 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 was a thing until you just told me. I assume that gives you, like, the hot spots and stuff? Yes. Well, okay. Andrew, I i legitimately don't know how you've done anything in this game through my eyeballs and just looking at stuff and then hovering my mouse over and being like that looks like a thing (laughs) all the
1: things that you've missed you you know the sack that you carry around with you you can pick up bottles and get free money right oh
0: i know oh I've, i've i'm hobo cop you think i don't know about picking up bottles Yes, I do because you don't even know what tab
1: is. Do you know that you can find random money all over the ground too? Oh yeah, I I can't even believe what I'm hearing. I I'll give you some credit if you didn't know about that. That's I I I just legitimately don't understand how you're apparently in 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 day three, and you didn't know that you hit tab to bring it. It's the very first g- thing
0: the game actually tells you. I must have forgotten that then because, I I mean, I remember paying attention to the stuff, but I guess somehow that one didn't register to me because I, yeah, I didn't realize. Okay, so now as I continue the
1: rest of this game, at least the first three days of it, I'm going to have to ask Andrew in every single room and every single situation, did you get this? Did you get that? Because I have a feeling there's probably going to be a lot of things that you missed. Just based off of that. But it highlights people that you can talk to. It highlights things of interest. I
0: Wow. It's the equivalent of your Witcher senses. Okay, yeah. I will be sure to make use of that starting in day three. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, honestly, that actually
1: explains a lot. That explains so much. Why you didn't find your shoe. Why you didn't bother to look in the mirror. Did you know that there's, like, a ton of bottles that are all over your room? Because that's, like, five bucks right there.
0: Yes, I did. When I went in on um on the second day when I had the bag, I was like, oh, well, I could grab all these. Because you can't even pick them up until you have the bag, so. I had the bag on day one. So did I. I just didn't check until morning of day two when I woke up. And then I was like, oh, yeah, let me grab all these. Oh, well, you couldn't get them until morning anyway.
1: You you Well, you couldn't get them until... Actually, no, you you could get them in the evening, because that's when I picked them up. That's also when I
0: took a, a bath and everything, which healed all of my morale and health. Yeah, sleeping in the bed does the same thing, so I still wound up having, like, a, a fresh start in the morning. So, it's not like I missed anything on that. I think I probably missed some experience or something, because I got experience when I did a, took a bath on day two, so.
1: All right. so yeah, you might have missed experience.
0: So... Well, I guess let's just talk about my
1: day one, since, since we already know you're, you're, you're pretty far ahead of me. The first thing I did on day one was obviously I argued with the manager, who's very upset.
0: Yeah, I don't think you can avoid that one, including I'm pretty sure there's a couple skill checks that you're guaranteed to fail because it's part of the tutorial system.
1: Yeah, he, he, was, he was very mad at me. What what checks yeah. are you guaranteed to fail? Because I didn't actually fail a check for a while.
0: Oh, you didn't fail the, um, like, try to sneak away, or did you not do that one? Oh,
1: I didn't actually do that one because I didn't want to be a douche.
0: Yeah, no, I tried it, and I'm pretty sure you auto-fail that because you wind up, like, running away and tripping over the wheelchair of the old lady that's, like, sitting right there. Well, did
1: you have a... What what was your percentage to actually complete it?
0: Pretty high, which is why I tried it because my dexterity related stuff is higher than yours. Was Would, it a red check? I I, I mean it, it must have been because there wasn't an option after that because he comes over and he's just like, "Did you really think that was going to work?" And like the whole thing had this feel had this feeling like I there was no way to pass it.
1: Yeah. Well, I so I had a whole argument with him and then. At this point, I hadn't introduced myself to Kim yet. Yes, me either. Which I was fortunate about because every time I bring up my past and Kim's around, I'm immediately filled with shame. (laughs) Poor Kim. Kim is so great. I love him. He's a great character. So when I first introduced myself to Kim, the... It was either logic or rhetoric, I can't remember which one it was, but one of the successful checks came up and it said, you don't know this man, but what you are immediately sure of is that he would take a bullet for you.
0: Oh yeah, I got the I got the same message. And I thought to myself, I wonder
1: if it's just a cop, th- I, 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 it must just be a, we're both detectives thing, <laughs> because there's Maybe? no way- I don't know if it's anything else. And if you think there's a possibility that there's anything else, you better shut up about it because that's going to be just, a
0: day later thing. I think it's just a Kim thing, but that's all I'm going to say. Like, I mean, in terms of, I think that's just part of who he is. Maybe that, 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 that is a
1: possibility because, because Kim seems to be. Kim really seems. He kind of gives top. you some crap about. This, but once he gets a picture of what's actually happened to you, which no matter what you do, because Kim is always with you 100% of the time, unless you're doing something at night or later
0: on. There when, are, there's at least one time where, you have, where he has to go off and do something on his own. But yeah, the vast majority of the game, he is with you.
1: Which is great, because there are a couple of things you need to do without Kim. Uh, some questionable cop stuff.
0: Yeah, because Kim... Kim seems to be a really good cop. And by that, I mean, not just he's good at his job, because I think he is, but also just he's kind of, you know, what you would want a police officer to be. He takes his job seriously and wants to do the right thing. So you, you, Kim tells you that there's been a murder and that you were sent here a week. No, it's been a week since the body died, but you're three days late and you're not actually three days late. You've been on a bender for three days.
1: Well, so you've been there for three days. He is three days
0: late. I uh, don't think he's actually late. No, he got there way after you. I he, was under the impression that he got there when he was supposed to, and we just never showed up because we were too busy being completely coked no, out of the face. Because the
1: first thing he mentions to you is, hey, since you've been here, I'm assuming you, you took the body out of the tree, to which my immediate response was... Uh, what body? Kim goes. The body, the murder victim, who's been hanging in the tree. You mean to tell me that you didn't do anything about that this entire time? And then he says, "We have to get that. We we have to get back there immediately. There, there literally should be nothing else until we go deal with this."
0: Yeah. Yeah. Kim serves a great purpose of basically keeping you on task with the actual plot and sometimes some of the side quests and stuff, too, because you can get him to care about some of the side things, although he obviously will never care about the side things nearly as much as the murder you're actually here to solve.
1: And a lot of times he only cares about the side things if they somehow point back to the murder itself.
0: There, <laughs> there was a moment because um, uh, the the initial conversation happened early in day one. Uh, did you notice the door in the back of, like, in the kitchen? In the the... Well, in the of, end.
1: of course I did. I notice everything.
0: Yeah. Did you, so. There's a conversation you could have where you, you go, where you, you basically are like, "We need to get in this door." And Kim goes, "I don't understand why." And you basically wind up one, or at least the conversation option I picked was, "Well, this could be important to the case. This is a, this is a secondary mystery that could tie back into the main one." And then eventually, some other stuff happens, and I, I'll just leave it at that because I don't want and. But you get to be like. See, I told you this was going to come back, and just Kim just just like I hate it when that happens. Like he's so disappointed that you wound up being right.
1: Yeah, I my name for the case was Mega Mega something. I can't. Oh shoot, it was like Mega case or some something in <laughs> Mega investigation. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, when I found when I found that blue door, that became everything. You know, I needed I needed right. into that blue absolutely. door
0: absolutely. You just you have to know
1: like I and then you go to the the manager and he's kind of like, "Okay, Dick, we kind of already talked. You owe me a bunch of money. No, I don't really care. And then I'm like, so about that blue door. And he's like, yeah, I've never been in there either. And I'm immediately like, "Okay, I have to get in this blue door. This is this has become some sort of a priority for me. (laughs) I have to get inside. There's no way around it.
0: And, and what's great and part of what makes Disco Elysium so special is it's not just you as a, as a player who gets to have that reaction because there's almost always an option for the character to have that sort of I absolutely must know what's going on in here and for everybody to react about the fact that you're weirdly obsessing over this door instead of it just being a thing that only exists to you, the player. And so I, always,
1: awesome. I always choose that option.
0: Oh yeah, same here. Like if there's a sign of hey, there's something going on. I'm like I, I must know. I'm sorry, Kim. I don't care. We have to find out.
1: I have to know what's inside that door. There's no, there's no way around it. That is, it's an impossibility that we're to 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 forget. And so, w- did you talk to the lady in the wheelchair? I did.
0: And did you get her to give you any money? I did. I didn't ask her for money, but I got a quest from her and talked to her about cryptozoology, which was fun. Well, you don't get the quest
1: from her until day two, I believe.
0: Oh. Anyway, no, I didn't ask for money, but
1: I did I, talk to her. I definitely asked for money. And she gave me this pin for me to pawn. And because uh, I ask everybody for money, I, everyone.
0: I asked a couple people for money, but for the most part, I didn't do that and kind of tried to make it work on my own.
1: No, I've asked everybody for money. And there's this one t shirt seller guy, he
0: gave oh, me yeah, 10 yeah, bucks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah i did, I did ask him I've asked everybody for money the guy who wants to sell you the sneakers and stuff yeah not everybody
1: will give you money, and you can't even ask everybody for money, but you can ask a fair enough you can ask more people than I thought you could he here's what I can't figure out the the harbor is the harbor is different from the
0: union right so the harbor is where the un- like the area with all the the crates and stuff like where the union guy is. So, that I guess that's my question, is the big, gigantic dude, that's the union guy? He's the, like, union boss, yes. The guy who sits in the uh, crates? Yeah, he's the union boss.
1: Okay. Well, I asked his lackey for money, the the one that kind of sits on the stairwell.
0: Yeah, yeah, the manana or whatever. mm
1: mm-hmm. uh, Yeah,
0: I mean, I think I asked manana for money, too, and I believe he did actually give me a little bit.
1: He did give me some, but I didn't take it. The union boss also kept giving me money, and I kept refusing it because I, I didn't ask. He was just kind of like, hey, here's 25 real. Hey, yeah, he here's five is- real. Here's this money as a gift. And I'm like, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> like, yeah, I know what this is. I, I am not an idiot. I I will go around and and beg for money, but I'm not just going to accept yours. Spe- least of all in front of Kim.
0: Yeah, let's let's come back in the middle of the night and we'll have this conversation again.
1: You know, if you had given me, if you had come up to me on the street and given me money and Kim wasn't around, hey, you know that's probably the best time to give me money because if anyone comes up to me on the street and just goes, "Hey, man, here's some money," I don't care who it is or or what the circumstances are, I'm taking that money. Because <laughs> the, the 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 first thing that I actually did was go talk to the union boss. That was yeah, the very the, first thing I did on day one.
0: You kind of ha- have to, because, like, I, I checked the body, but you can't actually proceed with the stuff with the body until you've talked to the union boss, so you basically wind up there pretty quickly regardless. Well,
1: uh, okay, that's not right. The first thing I did was go investigate the body, and... Did you see all the footprints on the the ground? Mm Mm-hmm. And did you get the tire marks and stuff, too? Yeah. Well, the tire marks, they they said might not. Kim insinuates that it may not actually have anything to do with the case at all. Yeah. Though I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, because how else did everybody get back there until there was, like, a destroyed...
0: Yeah, that was my thought, is I feel like that's how they got through the fence, because the tire marks pretty clearly go up to smash into the fence. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I had the same reaction. I'm like, I don't know if i buy that, Kim.
1: So I get to the body, and then I find out that there's eight tracks, eight individual tracks, all with different shoe sizes, some of them the same. Some of them seem like maybe there was a woman there, maybe there was like a fatter guy, or maybe somebody was potentially carrying this body. And from the very beginning, I as a player thought he was hanged to cover up a murder. That is what I, that was my first thought. Everything that is going on, I don't really know what's happening. I don't really have any clue what is going on. But
0: if that wasn't the case, I mean, I thought that too, but it, that's almost kind of a given just because, like, if that wasn't the case, that would be a really short game.
1: Well, I don't think he hung, I don't think, whether he hung himself or not, like, it wouldn't, I don't think it was just a regular, I, n- I never thought it was a standard suicide. I mean, even if he didn't even if hanging was the cause of death i don't think it would have been suicide because the first thing that they mention on the tree is there is no way someone could have gone up this this ladder because it was a rickety ladder that apparently yeah. only the kids could have gone
0: up and down yeah because it would have been adults would have been too heavy for it
1: And then the kids are just there the entire time heckling you while you're talking about this this corpse and everything.
0: And throwing rocks at the corpse. Did you find Kuno's little
1: den? Yep. So I went inside of Kuno's den, and I, of course, found drugs in there. Yep. And Kim is kind of giving you the side eye of, hey, man, you're going to leave those there, right? That's not really our jurisdiction. McGluss seems kind of weird being cops, but yeah, I'm not going to take it. Kim's reaction
0: is usually just like, pretty sure murder is a higher priority than a random drug bust.
1: And while that may be true, Kim, if you're on your way to find the murderer, and along that way you find copious amounts of drugs, wouldn't you do something about that? I mean, I understand Kuno's small stash of drugs is small fry compared to you know, what there could be or this murder in general, but still sometimes that does actually irk me about Kim. I don't know if it's more just about the fact that he doesn't trust me, which uh, completely sound and, and founded. But (laughs) if that's the, if that's the case, I'd rather him just be upfront about it and say, listen, yeah, I don't really trust you around drugs. So yeah, you're just going to leave those there because as a player, I'd be like, okay, yeah, fair. No, that makes perfect sense given the situation I'm in. So then I go talk to the union boss, and while on my way there, how did you get to the union boss? Well, that's what I was about to mention. I come across this beefcake, this huge hulking guy. Yeah, Meadhead or Muscle Muscle Hammer, something
0: like. He's a big guy.
1: Yeah, I punched him out. Nice. Well, more specifically, I did a roundhouse kick. I I punched him in the throat first, which was an incredibly low, I honestly cannot believe I succeeded.
0: Yeah, uh, I failed that check because I tried. I had a, like,
1: it was a white check and I think it was like 38% or something. Like I said, I had very good luck at the beginning of my run. Most of the time I didn't check. Most of the time I wouldn't do something unless I knew there was a decent chance of success and later on i actually kept failing red checks to the point where i actually did a reload because i realized it was one of my initialize there's an initialization and like it super ticked me off because every single time i looked at the checks it was a success and it failed anyway and i couldn't figure out what was going on and after trying it over and over and over because i'm like no i succeeded this is bullcrap I had like a 90% success. I blew the success out of the water. Why am I failing this? It doesn't make any sense. And then I looked at my initialize, and it goes, oh, by the way, during
0: this time, you fail all red checks. Yeah, we Are- should really talk about that because we haven't yet.
1: I don't so- want to go into a deep dive into it yet. But essentially, as you're going on and you're rebuilding your personality, you can, you, you get ideas. In your and,
0: head. And these ideas are generally like you would expect based on conversation options you pick or things like that, things you pick up, look at, whatever. Basically, eventually you get to the point where it's like, oh, apparently I think this is important. Let me think about that for a while.
1: While you're in the process of thinking about these things, you have different bonuses and a lot of times negatives, most of the time negatives uh, during like a four, six, five hour period, whatever it may be. And there are actually ways in the game to, if you buy a book, you can sort of fast forward. But I've never done that.
0: Because no, I haven't either. I've never to needed do.
1: to. There yeah. is so much to do. And every single time you have a, a dialogue with anyone, it kind of passes
0: time fast anyway. Well, I, I don't think time actually passes at all if you don't do something like that. Because I actually was curious and just kind of stood there. And time never goes by, but basically like every, every action you take, the timer ticks up a little bit depending on what it is you're doing. So yeah, like you have a conversation with somebody and then a minute or two will go by between every time you get to make a choice or, you know, you try to make a skill check and a couple minutes will go by or you read your case notebook and every case takes like half an hour to read. I haven't read through my case notebook. I, I read all of them, which is probably part of why I didn't get as much done in day one as you.
1: Well, I don't, I don't even know. I didn't even know that you could. I got my
0: ledger back. Yeah, and no, you, can, you can read through them and you get experience for each case you read, which is why I read all of them. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm going to go back and do that. But that took like four hours out of day one <laughs> with me just standing there by the body of this dumpster reading all of my notes. And Kim's just like, are we going to go? So I get to,
1: I beat up the meathead, to which then the girls that are standing there are like, you're the new meathead now. And I was like, yeah, no, thanks.
0: And just kind of walked away. (laughs) See, that's interesting, because I actually got in the Union Place through Kuno's little hideout.
1: Oh, so you went up and around and then jumped over? Yep, and got my uh, jacket back. I got my jacket back anyway, because that's the door you need to go through.
0: Yeah, I know. You should come out that way.
1: I didn't... That check was incredibly low for me. I attempted it and took a health point damage and never made the jump. And so I needed to go back and do the muscle head thing
0: until I get more
1: skills later. Because white checks, you can actually try as many times as you want as long as you then go put skill points into it
0: it it doesn't have to be skill points you just have to increase your odds so it because you can trigger it through like something else that gives you a bonus but yeah you just have to have a better chance before you can try again
1: well yeah so like walking up to the body and investigating it i couldn't do until much later because i had to get my stuff together
0: <laughs> yeah, which is a specific thought you have to have, which is the tutorial for the thought system. And then gives you a, a plus six. N- no, that was actually not the first thought I got. No, me either. But it is the one that's clearly the tutorial because it explains how it works when you get that one. The,
1: the first, first thought I got was Hobo Cop. That is the very first thought I got, too. And that's actually I'm pretty sure that's the tutorial because you get that when you talk to the manager. It's the very first thing. It's one of the very first things you get after the whole manager conversation and talking about needing money and everything like that. It's one of those things where you're like, Oh money, I guess I need that. And then you unlock the thought for hobo cop.
0: Yeah. uh, For me, it was one of my personality bits piped up and was like, Hey, um, so you don't remember anything. Where do you live? (laughs) And, And my, one of my action responses was, I'll figure it out. Or, screw it, I don't need a place to live. I'll just be a hobo, I don't care.
1: So, so all of the thoughts usually come after you've had a dialogue option.
0: Yeah, because usually it's in those dialogue options where you're kind of like making choices that I assume, you know, have in, internal flags associated with them that when you once you've crossed enough flags of a particular type, your brain goes, hey, I've noticed you really like talking about this. Let's think about what that means.
1: Because when I was talking to the manager... And Kim was talking about how he had, he goes home at night. Then it said, uh, so realistically, shouldn't you have a home? So I had the exact same thing, but it was in that first, I don't think I had even left the inn. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Hobo cop happens like right away. And so the ones I had at the end of day two, end of day one, you mean, or yeah, the end of day one is. Hobo cop, regular law official, and get your stuff together. I was actually working on
0: rigorous self-critique. Yeah, I really like rigorous self-critique because the bonus it eventually gives you winds up being really helpful.
1: In the process of getting rigorous self-critique, I then found regular law official and decided to go with that instead because... Rigorous self-critique I basically got from telling everybody I was sorry for everything that's happened. And regular law official was more about just being a general, like, cop. You are a cop. This is generally what people would view a cop to be. And I just figured that that was the natural progression of self-critique. So I just stopped self-critique and started doing regular law official.
0: Yeah, so... During the time while the thought is processing, it usually gives you a negative, but then when it finishes, it frequently turns into some kind of positive. There may still be a negative attached, but you almost always get something good out of it as well. The positive for rigorous self-critique is every time I fail a red check, I get morale or health back, depending on what type of check it was. Interesting. So I was like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be sorry, cop, because that's useful. <laughs> but doesn't that also give you negative to logic? Uh, I think it gives me a negative one to logic. Yes. Yeah, I can't.
1: I, I that that ain't. That's a no fly zone for me. So I
0: actually no, that one is not one of the ones that gave me a negative to logic. Um, <laughs> one of my other, a couple of my others give me when when you try to believe something that's just obviously patently untrue, you get the negatives to logic. At least in my experience, like I had a thought about how wouldn't it be cool if I was a magnesium based life form, and that one gives me a minus one to logic
1: that makes entire sense.
0: And and it specifically says like logic negative 1. Yeah, that ain't that ain't happening. <laughs> so
1: the ones I'm working on, the reason why I stopped doing rigorous self-critique, although with that health boost, I don't I kind of don't know if I really need that, so I don't know if I'm going to go back and get it or not because I have so much health items at this point, it doesn't really matter
0: anymore. Yeah. I had a lot more trouble with morale than health, but that's actually the main reason I've held on to magnesium-based life form because the bonus it gives you is it actually, it basically doubled the length of my morale bar, so I have six morale now.
1: Yeah, I already have four morale, and I have, like, at this point in the game, ten morale items. I have far less health items than I have morale items, and that's just picking them up
0: and I, i'm I'm the opposite. I'm sitting on a ton of health items, but relatively minimal morale items that's interesting yeah that's, got,
1: I, that that's really odd. I'm wondering if that has something to do with the fact that I morally maybe the game is assuming I'm gonna make more bad
0: well, if it, it's probably more that because you have a focus on that type of character, these are probably gonna come up more often because you're probably gonna try checks that are gonna affect that
1: possible yeah
0: because yeah i've got I'm sitting on like Six or seven health items, and I think I've only got like one or two morale items.
1: The problem that I've been running into is that a lot of my checks have now been physical based. A ton of my checks have been physical based. So needing to go back and talking to the meathead and just getting lucky and punching him in in the sternum and then doing a roundhouse kick to the face, knocking him out and pressing the button...
0: Yeah, that's, that's interesting because, yeah, I had terrible luck with that. So, I had to go the other way because it didn't actually hurt me. He just catches your fist and then basically makes you apologize. I assume if you won't apologize, he probably does hurt you. But I did and then backed off and he just let me go. And I didn't actually take any damage.
1: Well, so here's the thing. I did actually die to him the first time. That, that my, my My first death was failing the check, and getting a heart attack. <laughs> so he basically grabs you by the skull and, like, lifts you up. You get a heart attack and die.
0: I was like, I, oh! I wonder if that's a low-body thing, because like I said, he just caught my fist. I'm like, well, no, he he didn't catch my fist the first
1: time. I punched him in the sternum, and then I chose... There are three options, which is, what do I do now roundhouse kick or punch him again the first time i went through it i punched him again and then he catches your fist and then grabs you by the skull lifts you up and then i had a heart attack and died and so then when i went back i actually reloaded a bunch because then i kept failing that check and i was (laughs) like i don't actually feel bad about this because it was successful the first time and then i died so it's like I don't kind of feel bad about that. It's For me, it's no different than reloading the game, but I technically did do it successful once, so I'm like, ah, eh, I'm going to bend the rules here.
0: That's funny. I actually haven't died. I've lost morale, and then you just immediately quit and like go literally be a hobo and live under a bridge, but I haven't died yet.
1: I've died twice. Yeah, I've died twice now.
0: I, I've lost morale a couple times, which is, again, interesting because- I got both me and Kim killed once. Oh, man. How did that happen?
1: I mean, that's day two, so we'll talk about that next time, but I okay. got me and I got us both killed. Wait a minute. Sorry. Who's the bad cop here? <laughs> uh, first off, I don't even want to hear it because I died for the podcast. <laughs> and, and and here's the other thing. I will agree that, that punching that guy a second time was probably not the best decision, but I also had no other choice, and I died because I lost the health and had a heart attack. That is the reason I actually died. I didn't realize that I was going to lose health as a part of the failure check, and because I had already lost a health because I tried to jump off the building and lost, I never healed myself, and so that was more just poor decision-making on my part, not uh, not being like a detective at all and looking for a shoe, or more importantly, looking in the mirror to find out what you look like at the very beginning of the game. Look, I'm just saying I
0: have my methods, and apparently they were working for me.
1: Yeah, your methods are running around shoeless and not even yeah. bothering to find out who you are. My methods yeah. are I have no other choice. the 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 other thing was I... When I died the second time, it really was me just being a bad cop. I will completely. I was given options of what I should do. And even though my successful checks told me I should go after a specific person, I didn't because I didn't realize that I thought that yelling at the person with the gun <laughs> might have been the better choice than yelling at the other person because I figured. Hey, I know you've got a gun. You're not going to shoot at me because we're cops. Well, um, I made a a bad judgment call there (laughs) because he did shoot at me. And then I went back and I yelled at his friend. And then his friend gave me a whole bunch of information that he shouldn't have. And I was like, oh, cool. Well, now the situation's de-escalated because this dude, like, now everyone's mad at him and not me. So if he gets shot, you know, then we could just haul them away. <laughs> but at the very least, me and me and Kim will be fine. But no, I've I've actually intentionally fighting that guy at the top, even though I know I could have probably just healed myself, gotten better endurance and then went up and and, and gone to jump. Part of my experience has been let's kind of do the dumbest things possible to just see what happens.
0: Yeah, and that's honestly part of why I've been like m- embracing the hobo cop lifestyle cuz I'm really enjoying the really off the wall stuff. Okay, you keep you you keep saying that. And at at a certain point, I don't think it's a
1: hobo cop. It's it's just are you you're basically just a hobo. If you're running around without a shoe all day, I wouldn't even consider you a cop. How on earth does anyone you're talking to even take
0: you seriously? When they look down and see that this guy is not wearing a shoe. Right. And and one shoe. So it's not like I'm just walking around in socks. I've got one shoe on. This guy is the definition of mess.
1: He's (laughs) basically just the raving lunatic that this cop has arrested and for some reason is walking around with. And is letting him talk. Like, yeah, he'll be running point on this investigation. And I'm sitting there thinking, are you sure? I mean,
0: I know there wouldn't be a game otherwise, but dude, you know I'm insane, right? Yeah, I'm pr- I'm pretty messed up, man. I feel like maybe you should be taking this one. Yeah, there's so many things I kind of feel like you should be taking. So I get to the union boss and I'm
1: doing all, I'm pulling out all the power moves. I'm pulling power move after power move after power move on this guy. Because he says, take a seat. My internal things are like, yeah, no, you're not sitting down. Uh screw this guy. And so I said that and he's like, "Oh, come on. You know, I'm not going to talk to anybody who's sitting." And I was like, oh, "Or who's not sitting." And I'm like, "Okay, cool." And so I left the entire conversation and came back and he was like, "Wait, you're you're leaving?" I'm like, "Yep." "No, I'll come back to this later. You'll do this on my terms. I hate you." <laughs> and so then I left and came back and then eventually i'm pretty sure you don't have a choice you have to sit down the first time and i know exactly what he's doing because this is actually a common business tactic yeah a lot of a lot of business type people will do this they when they want to be in an advantageous position they will be significantly more comfortable than you are and a lot of times You'll have to sit there like squirming in a chair or whatever. Like the chairs that they give you are significantly worse than the chairs that they have because they want you to be uncomfortable and throw you off your guard. And that's I knew that's exactly what that guy was doing. And I kept refusing to sit. And I was like, No, 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 I'll stand. I, I can be here all day. I don't care. Eventually, you you literally could not continue until you sat down and then through that entire conversation, it kept doing morale hit or physical hit or something. It kept hitting you emotionally in different ways. At least it did for me.
0: Yeah, Because that chair sucked. You get a physical hit automatically because of the chair, yes. And then that that fight or (laughs) that's not a fight, but that conversation with the union boss feels like a boss fight because he keeps hitting you in different ways and it sucks. That's the place where I got game over multiple times. He only did he did one physical damage to me,
1: and I think two morale damage. Yeah, two morale was more than I could handle at that point. Well, you could actually you can click on the healing items whenever you want in the middle of a I conversation. Know. I
0: didn't have a, a healing item at that point. I literally had to go run and find some magnesium and came back, and that's how I eventually got past him.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I had
0: I think four magnesium and basically no health at that point. I was literally like the opposite. I was sitting on a bunch of health and had no magnesium. And then I went and found in a random, like, bathroom a magnesium. And then I was finally able to actually talk to him because I could not pass those. The, the, the checks on that guy were just, I could not do them.
1: Interesting. I didn't have a, a, a big problem with him, mainly because of the setup I had. I, I went in there with full health and morale. And I think I had minus one health and minus two morale when I left.
0: Yeah, and- I, was, I was down in morale, but I only had three. Again, because of my build, because your morale starts with whatever your equivalent stat is. And I was already down one when I went to talk to him. So two was exactly how much I had.
1: I can't remember if it was at the end of the conversation or if it was the beginning, but I actually did get a morale boost when I was putting power moves on him. When I, when I specifically wouldn't speak to him, because the other thing is, a lot of times what they will do is they'll ask leading questions. And so I just sat there kind of staring at him for a minute. And then he eventually was like, well, if you're not going to say anything, you might as well just leave. And then so then I immediately started asking him questions and it kind of threw him off his game. And so I I ended up I I got a boost to something. I can't remember what it was. It probably would have been morale.
0: Probably. Yeah, because I don't think that would have healed you physically
1: because I did. I did keep doing power moves on this guy. And later on, I'm doing mega power moves to other people everything is a power move. If I have a power move option, I'm power moving.
0: <laughs> that's why you're that's why you're a super cop.
1: I know. That's why I'm basically a regular cop now. The the things I'm working on at the moment, uh there's the precarious world which is the thing that I absolutely hate although I've unlocked it at this point. It's that thing that kept failing all of my red checks and I could not figure out why. But for a while i had just failed a bunch of red checks because i had no idea why on earth it was failing and it was just making me so angry because i would look at the thing and i'm like i had a 70% chance of success i understand 70% like there's a 30% chance of failure i get that but it said success in the log and i failed it anyway and it kept super taking me off and then I realized it was because of that, so every single time a red check would come up, I'd have to be like, okay, I go into my internalize and shut that off, and then at the end of the conversation, or at the end of the check, go and turn that back on so I could get past the check, and that was super annoying. I really hated that, but what it gave me was amazing. Everything that I had a two in immediately went up to a three. Well, that's cool. Immediately went up to a three possible choice. So if I had a two in endurance, which is what I had, it immediately took it up to a potential three endurance that I could put a skill in. And a lot of the skills that I'm going after now are raising those caps because that is so unbelievably important. There are so many checks that I would have definitely failed if it wasn't for the fact that. In the middle of a speech, I can be like, oh, let me put a couple skill points in physical whatever. Well, not necessarily physical when you're speaking to somebody, but, you know, in.
0: No, right. I gotcha. And (laughs) I do the same thing. And I also constantly am changing my inventory because you find a bunch of random pieces of clothing and almost and pretty much every clothing item gives you pluses and minuses to different skills. So I'm almost immediately like, "Okay, what do I have that could affect this? Uh, Let me make sure I don't have any negatives on. and I. Do I have any positive? Okay, great. This is as good as I can get on my outfit.
1: I do the exact same thing. You don't have as many opportunities to do that in the beginning because you don't have as many clothes.
0: Yeah, but I'm starting to get kind of a decent wardrobe now.
1: Even in day two, I have a bunch of of things to choose from. Mostly, it's just jackets and shirts, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot, but I can't wait until you'd be like, okay, okay, I got to talk to this guy, but first, let me change my pants real quick.
1: Yeah, like, I got to... I got to get in here and get these pants on, like right in front of them. I think there was. I was See, talking. The, what... I was talking to I, the coalition lady. I don't know exactly who she's
0: with. Joyce something. Oh yeah, the the she's with the company that the union is striking against. West Point. West Pines. West Pines. I, mean, it is. I was talking
1: to her, and there was a Se- Sevast, some basically cop. I can't remember what it's called, like Estee Corpse or something.
0: Oh, Esprit de Corps. Yeah, it's basically your knowledge of the police department itself. So I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, we're done here. Right
1: in front of her. Okay, change into my cop jacket, change into my cop thing. Cop, cop, cop. Go back into,
0: hey, what's up? Now let's go back and talk about that thing. Check. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it is pretty hilarious. It is. Yeah, just immediately, just randomly changing your stuff. And I feel like Kim would just be standing there staring like, wh- why did you take your shirt off? I don't understand. So the or trying to interview someone.
1: The union boss guy, he heavily implies to you that if you don't help him, your gun is going to find its way into some child's hand, and whatever happens, happens.
0: Yeah, so... Um- <laughs> You lost everything, basically. You've lost your badge, you've lost your gun, you lost your everything that you could have.
1: And when you bring up your lost badge and gun... So for me, I didn't even notice I lost my gun until I talked to the police. So at at a certain point, after you do the...
0: I think this is before I talked to the union boss guy... Yeah, you can you can use Kim's police cruiser to like radio into headquarters. And I I I, I went in there, <laughs> I asked them for money. Yeah, I did that too, and they were not happy with that one. Yeah, they everybody was laughing
1: at me, everyone was having a good time.
0: Then I It was interesting how how they treat you considering you're apparently
1: super cop. Well, did you have did you hear the conversation after? Like on
0: the radio or are we talking about a different conversation? On the radio. Yeah, I talked to, I mean, I basically went through every conversation option on the radio.
1: Yes, but did you hear their conversation with themselves after the conversation you have with them? Maybe not. I thought I did everything, but I don't recall what you're speaking about, so. So, I don't know if that was something that just the player was supposed to hear, which I think it was one of those moments where the player was just supposed to get this information. So... I didn't even know that I was a super cop at this point because I didn't even have the ledger. One of the very first things that I was supposed to do was after I figured out the whole body situation, I was supposed to you know, radio radio everything in because Kim mentions, hey, you should probably tell him about your lost badge. And so before I did the union guy, so I guess I was fast forwarding a little bit, I told him about my lost badge and they're super laughing at me, having a great time. They're like, hey, look, it's this idiot again. What has he done now? And then they go, Well, hey, please tell me you you still have your gun. And that's immediately when I realized, oh no, I don't have and, my gun.
0: And, and and the same thing, because like you get dialogue options and literally all of them are basically some variation on, oh no, what have I done? And then they go,
1: What? Are you kidding me? D- Get over here, you have to hear this. He doesn't have his gun either. Can you believe this guy? And then I asked them for money. And now he wants money. No, you yep. can't have any more money. And after the conversation is over, and the radio kind of goes dead silent, it it it's very clear that you've hung up, but your character, I pretty sure we're established his name, is Henry at this point. It is Henry Dubois. And so because I still don't have his badge, I don't know if that's true or not. That's basically what the union guy ends up telling you, because he kept he keeps calling you Mister Dubois the entire time, and, and and Henry a couple times, yeah. And so at a certain point, my internal was like, "There's no way it's Dubois. Are you kidding me? This this guy's an idiot. That can't quas. That can't possibly be right." And then once you beat the union guy down enough, because I I actually beat him down a bunch, and he was like. Yeah, that's what I got from the tax.
0: Place. Yeah, did you? I yeah, couldn't you, really
1: get anything from him, and that's what I got from the the taxation place or my contact at the taxation place or whatever.
0: The revenue. Yeah, I the same thing where, you, where he like, pretends he has that file on you. Yeah, you can you can get him to eventually admit that he's basically full of it. So there's something that you got a success on. Yes, but that's not until that's only in the second conversation because he won't even have that conversation with you, or at least he wouldn't for me until after you do his first side quest.
1: May uh, no, for me, I'm pretty sure that happened right away. I, I could be wrong though, because I did do his side, I did end up doing his side quest on day one, but I could have sworn that was in my first conversation with him because the second conversation I had with him, maybe it was the second conversation, I don't know, anyway. After you talk to the precinct people, it goes back to just them. They are specifically talking amongst themselves, and I don't know if you as a character are supposed to hear this or not, or if it's something specifically only for the PC, or or, or only for the me, us, the player, but they say, in all seriousness, I... Cannot believe this is happening. I don't understand what went wrong. You know, we're having fun and everything because someone's kind of laughing at his expense, and they're like, "We need to report this right away." And somebody's like, "Wait, give him a give give him a couple of days to figure out his situation." And he's like, "Why? Why on earth would I do that?" This has just been a, a a worse problem over and over and over. And then they talk about this isn't like him. This isn't him. And you know, if you were in the exact same situation, he would do anything in his power to help you.
0: Okay, yeah, I think I did get that conversation. Then I, as I do remember that. And so,
1: later on, when you find out you're a super cop, because I found the ledger later, I had to go get the key from the manager, and then I had to which he was like, "What? What do you need to get in the trash can for?" I'm like, "What does it matter?" My business is my business, and my business is in the trash can. <laughs> and then Kim is like, "Yeah, we we kind of need to get in there." And he's like, "Well, fine, I, I guess this doesn't. This is insane. I don't understand what that has to do with the case." And I'm like, "I need the trash." <laughs> and then you go out and you get the trash ledger, and then you find out that you have solved two hundred and sixteen cases. You've been in the precinct for 18 years, and you've killed three people. And yes, you find out that 216 is apparently an insane number of cases. Because even Kim says, yeah, there's people who've been in the force longer than that that don't have nearly the record you do.
0: Yeah, and also only having killed three people, because Kim immediately expresses some relief that you haven't just been running around shooting people because given you're at ad- the way you've been acting so far, again, a reasonable concern.
1: Well, he specifically says that the fact that you've only killed three people with all those cases is extremely admirable. And when I pressed him on that a little bit further, he said there's a lot of cops out there that basically just use this job as a way to goad as many people as possible into getting shot. And he's like, yeah. a lot of them, it's about the body count and he- – you get the impression that he basically can't stand any of those people and he finds them incredibly terrible.
0: Yeah. Which again, comes back to like what I was saying about Kim being a good cop where he's clearly the kind of person that you would want your cops to be where he, he takes his job seriously. And, you know, is a respectable person who tries to solve the cases and, you know, maybe is putting up with your, with your crap or maybe you get your stuff together. Who knows?
1: (laughs) So I thought that was just important because that really is, yeah, they're laughing and they're having a good time at your expense while you're on the phone, but they are sitting there, which I have to say, how is that helpful at all? I definitely don't think you should just give this guy money, but I do think having that conversation with him in this moment is far more beneficial than just laughing and ridiculing him.
0: But yeah, um I mean, unless you disagree, if you... Do no. you think they should be laughing and ridiculing him as a cop? Well, well, no, but I think that's pr- probably pretty standard office ribbing, which doesn't make it good, but it's the sort of thing that I would expect a lot of people would probably do in a similar situation of, oh, look at this. Like, I mean, I forgot my badge at work before in a previous job, and they they gave me the badge of shame because it was a big, funny moment of, ah, oh, this guy's dumb. He forgot his badge.
1: But you're not a cop. Well, Yeah. It is significantly worse as a cop to lose your badge, and more importantly, your gun. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. At that point, it wouldn't be laughter and ridicule. It would be, we need to have an intervention. And yeah, there's a murder going on, and this whole world doesn't seem... This is very much not meant to be a direct correlation to our situation. At least, I can't think it is, because...
0: The government is different. Well, so this city that you're in is, let's be honest, it's a dump. And it's because it's a post like civil war place where the communists tried to have a civil war and got uh, beaten really badly. And so, but like with a lot of things, because the war is over, like it doesn't specifically say, oh, well, who did X or Y? Like you, you see a lot of bullet holes and stuff from the fight, but. You know, it's not like the game says, oh, yeah, these guys were the good guys and these guys were the bad guys or whatever. You just see there was a fight, the communists lost, and so things like your police agency and stuff are basically outside. Well, they're a civilian group, but they're being imposed by, like, the outside government that's essentially, like, forcing order, an occupying force, for lack of a better word.
1: Well, it very much implies, just like with regular history, That because the communists lost, they're generally regarded as the bad guys. Because whoever wins writes the history.
0: Yeah, for sure. But
1: whether they were bad or not. Right. It just turns out that they lost, so they're the bad guys in the end. They suffered significantly more losses than what the rebellion Revolution. I think, the communists I think were the
0: rev well, the communists were the revolution, I think, but there was it was like a, a kingdom before then, so it was like a standard imperial army and then a bunch of outsiders. Because there's a um old retired soldier you can talk to that kind of gives you some backstory on this. I don't know if you've talked to him or not.
1: I did, but I mostly just kind of skipped through that because I did not really care.
0: Yeah, he talks a lot about sort of like the build up that led to so it was a It was a monarchy, and then the communists tried to overthrow it and lost, and now it's basically getting imposed on by the world government or, you know, like, the United Nations or whatever the equivalent is here is, like, doing an occupation and trying to restore order in the aftermath of this war. And I don't
1: necessarily – and that's the thing is, for the most part in this game, I have not really cared about any of that. All I know is I am a cop, and I'm supposed to be keeping order. And I haven't really cared much about anything else.
0: And that's perfectly fine. I just talked to that guy and like a lot of things. I'm like, I bet I get experience for listening to him. And so I listened to all of his stuff.
1: Well, yeah, that's exactly what I do. That's exactly what I did. I only listened to him <laughs> for the experience. And that's when when the union boss guy was basically talking about extorting you for your gun and saying, "Hey, if you do these favors for me, which may or may not be good for me, I'll help you get your gun, which heavily implies, "Hey, man, I've got your gun, and I'll give it back to you if you do these things for me, but if you don't, I'm just gonna throw it outside, and the kids can do with it whatever they want
0: yeah, I mean he's definitely he definitely uh tries to extort you because of course he does
1: and then you have this conversation with Kim where He's like, yeah, I don't really know if I want to do this or not, but it kind of sounds like I don't really have much of a choice. He's not going to be helpful in the investigation otherwise. And Kim kind of says, yeah, I mean, if he's not going to be if 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 doing this gets us farther in the in the investigation, then so be it. I guess we don't really have a choice. And I'm like, oh, cool. So you're good with it, Kim. He's like, wait a minute. I didn't I necessarily say, say with that. It. <laughs> did you go <laughs> inside that the door? Oh, yeah, I did. Okay, so did I. And then I go in there and I find out that that guy's like a racist. And so I'm yeah. like, okay, you know, I
0: don't really care what happens to him anyway. Yeah, and Kim makes a comment about that. He's like, I'm feeling progressively less bad about breaking into this man's house.
1: <laughs> the question I
0: have. He was also um, like an old... Well, they call him a fascist, but I think uh, at the very least he's like it, it fought for was on the side of the old uh whatever king empire the the, the seven were suns against. yeah
1: because when you apparently a odd flicker of light in the daytime or something would cause the single sun to have like a six halo sun pattern around it, and so they would call it the seven sun kingdom because of that.
0: Right, and that was what um, Revichol, which I believe is the name of the place that you're in, what it was called before the revolution.
1: Which I saw that before the mugs, and I did a salute to the flag just because, like, it's one of those things where I just, sometimes I just do something random when I don't know what it is. And then I found out that he was a racist, and Kim also didn't salute the
0: flag, and he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know, I just gotta do... (laughs) I'm just doing, and then I'm like, oh, kind of wish I hadn't
1: done that. Okay. So then after all of that, I got all the information I needed. And at this point I had gotten my stuff together. And when you do that, you get a plus six because I went up to the body and I kept trying to investigate it. And because of the hangover and everything, I kept vomiting all over the place. And eventually you you have to work on the skill and then put stuff in endurance or change your clothes or whatever, which there was a raincoat that you could buy, which allowed me to get extra endurance, which I was super happy about because then I was able, it was me in a raincoat with gardening gloves and <laughs> something else that gave me endurance that I'm walking up to this body with a crowbar and did you
0: make the shot? No, I did not make the shot. So how did you get the body down? You get the, the meathead to do it. Oh, I made the shot. Yeah, no, I, I missed. And you shoot the body instead. And Kim's like, um, we're just going to pretend that never happened.
1: Yeah, so I I actually made the shot. And then I, you know, obviously got the body down. The question I have for you, Andrew, after you got the body down, did you take the boots?
0: I did not. Did you mean to leave them? No. I finished what I was doing, and then I was like, well, I think that's everything. You could take it, Kim. And then uh, one of the parts of your brain piped up and went, wait, no, the boots. No. And I'm like, "Ah, crap. <laughs> yeah, so I just let the potty
1: rot overnight. And at night when Kim went outside, or Kim, when Kim went to bed after we did our whole debrief, debrief from the day, I went back out there and I got them boots off.
0: Yeah, I didn't think about it.
1: During the day, during day two, and Kim was like, hey, man, we should probably get rid of that body. I'm like, okay, cool. I actually looked at it one last time. The question I have for you, Andrew, did you find the bullet? I did. So you know that the actual cause of death was a gunshot wound and not strangle. Yes, I do. Okay. Yeah. When The body was just getting ready to be taken away, and this thing came up that said a skill check, one last time, take one last look, and it was something about conceptualize, like visualize or something, and I think it said like 53 for me, and so I put a couple of points because it was a red check, if I remember right. might not have been red. It might have been white.
0: I can't remember. I failed the one last check look originally. I got an option, and I don't know if this came up for you, that we should preserve the body because I have a, I feel like I missed something. So I did that.
1: No, that didn't come up for me.
0: Uh, you have to go find a freezer and put the body in the freezer until you and Kim can figure out what's going on.
1: Now, see, I already had the freezer because I had done the whole paranormal investigation.
0: Which was awesome.
1: Yes. That was one of the times that I did reload because you told me about the paranormal investigation and I realized I had already opened the curtains before I had a chance to talk to her about it. And when you already open the curtains and go back there, she just doesn't believe anything you say and you have to get back there. And I was yeah. going to take physical damage and I was like, no way. Can't do it. I absolutely cannot do that. I need to reload. I have nothing. I, I'm i going to die if I take physical damage. I'm absolutely have to like, I I have nothing. I absolutely have to get in there because even when I did it successfully, you still take a point of physical damage. So even though I kept dying over and over and over and over again, and I had no health items and I couldn't fit, I I didn't know where the pawn shop was. I, I, I seriously was isolated to the bookstore, the back room, the inn and the harbor, and that's all I went to on day one. I didn't actually find the pawn shop until at the end of day one. That guy wouldn't let me in the building, and Kim feels bad for you and says, "Hey, man, I've got these spinners in my truck. We can take yeah, them to the pawn shop." I was literally about to
0: ask that because I was like, um, "How did you get a room?" <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. I had no idea where the pawn
1: shop was, and all of this is like twenty two, twenty three hundred. I'm day one, I finished incredibly late because I was so busy doing all the other stuff. By the time I was done with the body, it was like 2200. And then I went back in and I was like, okay, cool. Hobo cop. I can just go wherever I want and sleep wherever I want. Right. And he's like, yeah, no, you're not going to be here. Like, um, I, I quite literally have no idea how to progress to the next day if I can't stay the night. And then Kim mentions he has spinners for you. And then he tells you where the pawn shop is. And so then I walked down there to find the pawn shop.
0: I had no idea that any of that was there. I hadn't been to the pawn shop before he gave me the spinners either. I thought you were about to say you didn't go to the pawn shop at all on day one. And I'm like, how did you get that much money?
1: Yeah, no. I have, even in day two, I think I only have $39 at this point, which is unfortunate because I really want to buy the shoes from that one guy, which are 50 bucks. But then I won't have a place to stay for the night because I don't have a way to get any more money unless I go to the pawn shop and like sell crime photos, which I'm not going to (laughs) do. I want to so bad, but I just got honorable cop by sticking my thumb up my butt. Wait, what? Yeah, Andrew. Okay. Well, you haven't done that yet. So when you become an honorable enough cop that you have the option to stick your thumb up your butt. We can talk about that when you get there. You know, when you grow up, you're just not old enough for us to talk about it yet. And when you get a little older, uh, then we can have that conversation. This is in front of Kim, by the way. Okay. (laughs) And the ensuing conversation is hilarious.
0: A lot of the conversations with Kim wind up being really funny. Did you get the opportunity to try to convince him that there's like a sexy murder cult? No. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, If you talk to him enough about the case, you can come up with this theory that there's some like sexy occult murder thing behind the body. And then Kim's like, ah, yes, I always forget about the sexy murder cults. And then there's like a legendary check to convince Kim that that's what's really going on here.
1: Oh, that is hilarious.
0: (laughs) Which I haven't done yet because I don't have nearly enough points in it, but it's still on my task list because it's a white task. And I'm like, I will do this. I'm going to convince him.
1: I don't think that, I don't know if that's, is that like a day two or day three thing? Because I don't think I, I've talked to him enough about the case in order to get a check like that.
0: Uh, yeah, I think that was day one for me. But you, may, it may be because you haven't read the the journal. Oh, okay. because I, I read about all the cases, and then that that was how we got into that conversation.
1: Well, maybe I'll have to do that then.
0: Some of it, some of his cases in his journal are really funny too. So I
1: really like the Dice Lady.
0: I do. Oh, yeah. It is unfortunate
1: that she eventually convinces you that there really isn't a curse in this whole area. Although you can keep bringing it up. Yeah. You can keep bringing up the curse, and then you can specifically tell the general manager on day two once you find out that there's a pinball machine, pinball area up there. Mm -hmm. You can convince him that he's part of it, although I didn't do that because my brain was like, yeah, you probably don't want to do that. He seems really... He actually seems like this could be kind of cool. And I didn't really want to interject on his fun.
0: I, I did enjoy looking around like, oh, all of the completely ruined businesses, though, which is really, which were really funny.
1: That was really cool. And one of them was like a, a role playing game. And then the dice lady's talking about, yeah, I really like them. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you, you really? There's one thing that I still can't get into. And it's haunting me. There's inside the ice cream thing. Inside the whole bear ice cream fridge or whatever, I actually yeah. unplugged everything. I don't why I did it. I don't know. And even Kim kept saying, "Hey, man, why are you doing this?" I'm like, "I don't know. I just do things."
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh, that conversation with Kim seems like it comes up a lot. The "Why are you doing that?" I don't know, man. And I'm like, I just am doing it because there's an option to unplug it, so I'm going to unplug it. For me. He did As the same in, thing with me when I started messing with the crane at the docks. And he's like, why did you move that? I'm like, I, I don't know. There was a button.
1: I was going to move the crane. And I just, I figured that would be extremely bad.
0: Oh, no, I didn't. And so I didn't do it. That's become another one of the things that um my cop has obsessed about is what is in this crate. And he's like, it's literally just like any other crate. He's like, no, but you don't understand. This one was on the crane. That means something. <laughs> It, it it is
1: it is just so hilarious
0: and then i got a an option to um talk the door open cuz rhetoric pops up and goes yeah man just talk to it and you can convince it to open up and then i tried because i had to do he's like and then your logic is like you have no idea why you thought that would work <laughs> and then rhetoric popped up again and was like no you just didn't try hard enough and it's a white check that i can try again
1: oh that is hilarious but so from my perspective, I mean, that's pretty much it from a day day one
0: perspective. But I mean, we, just the first day of this game and we talked so much and there's still things we didn't quite get to that, or at least things for me that you probably maybe will do on day two or something, but it's just this, this game, there's so much to it.
1: Yeah, I didn't really talk to Joyce until day two. I, I, I didn't talk to Joyce until day two. You obviously don't talk to Khaleesi. The mother of dragons until day two.
0: <laughs> yeah, the the lady. And I,
1: I don't know what her name is. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's Khaleesi to me because it looks yeah, exactly like Khaleesi. That's what her name looks like.
0: But I think, you know, we've already got quite a bit into this game and I am looking forward to continuing. I honestly can't wait. This has been so much fun. It's such a good game. Well, you like, have knew- to stop playing because you're way too far. I know. I haven't that's even I finished day two yet. That's why I can't wait for you to continue so that we can talk some more, and then I can go back to playing it. <laughs> yeah. I might I, try out hardcore mode at some point, though, because there's a hardcore mode, and apparently you get extra experience, but all of your personalities butt in even more often. And I'm like, that sounds amazing.
1: Yeah. that I don't know how to, how to how I feel about that yet because there's – what's weird to me is it keeps – I have never once in one of those things. I don't think I've ever seen a failure check. So I'm wondering if. I
0: assume with the failures, it just doesn't pop up at all.
1: It really could just become so annoying that all of your, all of your stuff is just constantly
0: all up in your face all the time. Yeah. Like if you get too good at stuff, it could genuinely become annoying. Uh, That would be interesting if they did that. Well, here's the
1: thing. It's so hard for me to come up with any expectations because I think anything that I could potentially come up with is not even
0: going to be close to what it actually is because this game has been wild. And I cannot recommend enough for anybody who's listening. If you haven't played Disco Elysium, go play it. This game is fantastic.
1: Oh, yeah, I completely
0: agree. I mean, I knew I was going to enjoy it just from what I had heard, but it's even... It is so much better than I was expecting. It's so good. But that's going to do it for this episode of Video Games Cover to Cover, which is now the one-shot graduating to the first part of Disco Elysium as a full playthrough. And as always, you can find us online. I'll be putting our contact information for Twitter and email in the description. Please reach out to us if you have anything to say. We'd love to hear from you. We like to hear from everybody on Twitter or email or our little Discord server that's that's been kind of growing, which is nice. I love Kim.